Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Well, Merry Christmas, y'all. You can all take a seat. You all sound amazing tonight. We have a bagpipe player. What does your church have? (laughs) That's right. Well, so good to see you all. Thank you for being here and being part of this with us. And um, our hope is, you know, that uh, this touches your heart in a way that uh, brings you back to why we do this, you know, why we celebrate and what our focus is. And um, for those of you that are visiting, maybe you've never been here before, uh, my name is Russ Falachi. I'm the senior pastor here. Um, uh, one of the main reasons I'm saying that is because some of you are probably like, why is the drummer preaching? <laughs> No explanation, just that's how it is. So anyway, <laughs> but it is a pleasure to have you all. And um, as we begin looking at part of the uh, Christmas story, who's heard the account of the shepherds? Yeah, familiar with that? I mean, you don't even have to go to church to know that shepherds had something to do with the birth of Jesus, right? Um, well, we're going to look at that a little more in depth um, to build off what uh, Pastor Russ was uh, focusing on for a time of communion and you know what Jesus did accomplish through his death. But um, when his birth was announced, there was something very significant about that to those who heard the announcement, and that was the shepherds. Um, if we look at Luke 2, 8, it says this. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great what? One more time, of great? That's going to be very important as we move forward with this, which will be to all people. So we're going to stop right there. Um, As we kind of look at this announcement from the angels. I know a lot of us have probably heard, I bring you good tidings of great joy, and it will be to all people, right? It's probably on decorations in your home. It's probably on Christmas ornaments. It's all over the place. And we get used to hearing it. Anytime you get used to hearing something, it kind of loses its luster. It just becomes common, and uh, the impact is lost, or maybe there is never an impact. But what they said is very important for us to understand as we are sitting here today. Human beings alive. You see, great, well, I bring you good tidings. You don't really hear that phrase anymore, right? I don't think many of us speak like that. Hello and good tidings. We don't, we don't greet one another with that or uh, utilize that phrase. But I bring you good tidings is basically, uh, we're here to announce some good news. Whose ears perk up when someone says, I got some good news for you? Well, mine do. Apparently, none of you do. No. No, I bring you good tie. I bring you good news, all right? But this is, this is the kicker, you all, of great joy, okay? I bring you good news of great joy. And I looked up great in the Greek, and it means great, but more than that. 
It means greatest or very great or exceedingly great. So in this word, in this greeting, these angels are saying something very important. They're saying what we're about to do. First of all, don't fear. I know we've just popped out out of heaven. Okay, startled you a little bit. But don't be afraid because you know why? I'm bringing some really good news and it is the greatest of the greatest, greatest, greatest joy you will ever hear and know. So now their ears are perked, right? But real quick, by a show of hands, who enjoys good news? Thank you. There's, some, there's like some of you not. I hate it. I repel you and your good news. But no, good news is, is good. It's fun, right? Now, would you say that there's good news and then, you know, that brings you happiness, but then there's some news that brings you overwhelming joy, right? Like, it's, it's news that will actually change your life, right? Like, if you were to give me an example of, you know, what, okay, what's, what's some great news that might affect how you live? Hmm. Let me give you an example. All right. Like, when I agreed to date my wife, that was the greatest news you've ever heard in your entire life. I changed her life forever. And she begged, and she begged for months. And finally, I said, babe, I got good news. I'm all yours. Does that make sense? Changed the course of her life. What's another example? Finding out you're pregnant. Right? Giving birth. Who likes getting a raise? That's one person. (laughs) I'm going to wake you all up. I know it's dark in here. Point is, great great noise, great joy can affect how you live. Great news, great joy should affect how you live, right? Like we agreed to get married, right? Willingly. But that choice, that that good news, when I asked her to marry me and she said yes, it was great joy. It was a sigh of relief, right? Because she could have said no. Changed how I lived, right? Now I'm committed. Now there's something that I've agreed to take on that I desire. That the way I wanted to continue to live was going to be very different than how I was living, right? Same with a baby. Same with the birth of a child, You willingly take that on, right? You know that your life will be different. It's good news. It's great news. It's good news of the greatest joy, right? Because you know there's life in it. It's something you've been waiting for. It's something you've been desiring. And it's like, all right, I'm taking there there is a change, right? It's great news. It's the greatest joy. And it changes you. And there's a lot of different examples. I mean, if you take on a pet, oh my goodness. We just got another doctor anyway. <laughs> now, so here the shepherds are hearing this. So you, could you imagine their ears are like, okay, I, I, I'm attentive now. What's, what's this good news of the greatest joy? And now it says, verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a what? A what? Okay, not money. Money and health and happiness and everything the world has to offer. It's like, well, I, a savior, right? 
who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, if you don't really understand who these shepherds were, you might not understand like totally like what they were experiencing because as Jews, which they were, there was a, a messianic hope, meaning there is hope of a Messiah, of a deliverer, of a savior. They knew he was coming and they longed for that day because they were under oppression, right? They were under oppression from the Roman Empire. They were no longer a nation and the Messiah to them meant liberation, freedom to be reestablished as a nation a return to their glory days so to hear savior meant something was going to change life was going to change and they didn't even understand all the complexity in what Jesus really was about to accomplish some Jews actually connected it not just to liberation but that this messiah would be a redeemer the souls of men But as a Jew back in those days, there was a longing, right? Who longs for change? Like, you know, there's a longing. And this was promised. So this was an incredible announcement because to them, a Savior meant, whoo, we're going to be free and things are going to change. That's why it was the greatest news. But they didn't totally understand yet. But what's follow them now? And now, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to what? I'm going to stop right there for a second. Very important that we don't miss this. When the angels delivered their news, they said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you. You. You, good tidings of great joy. It was a personal message as well as a global message. See, this is important for all of us to understand. I don't know where you are in your walk, where you are in your faith, but from the beginning... Jesus, as a Savior, was personal. It's always personal first, but it's for everybody. This was something that was directed to them, and based on their understanding of who and what the Messiah would accomplish, they knew that they would have a, a personal kind of experience. They would actually experience a difference because of the Savior, that their lives as individuals would change. Right? And so... They said, let us go and see what was delivered to us, the news that was given to us. And so they they didn't have to, right? They could have stayed and said, well, that was pretty neat. I wonder what that was all about. No, but the news was so impactful, so good, so great that they actually had to go see for themselves. And this is what we find now back in... uh, Verse 16, and they came with haste, means, man, they hauled. They went fast and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now, when they had seen what? 
they made widely known the saying which is told them concerning this child. So it jumps into the future a bit, but then it comes back and it says, and all those who heard it marveled at the things which are told by the shepherds. Now it comes back, it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now here we are. Then the shepherds, what's that word? Return from where? Jesus, the manger, right? The scene, what they saw. They returned, what? Glorifying and what? For all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, here's a big takeaway for every single one of us here. The good news and the good news that they understood was found in a single person, right? This baby, but yet in this baby was promised deliverance, was the promised Savior. And so when they went and saw with their eyes, not just heard, but saw, they understood to the best of their capacity, right, what this baby would accomplish and what that meant for them. So overwhelmed, what did they do when they left? They glorified God praising his name, and then delivered the news of what they heard and saw. Well, what's the big impact for us? They came in one way and left another way. They came in one way and left another way. One more time. They came in one way and then left another way. See, this is a perfect picture of what Jesus the impact Jesus would have on people as he walked the earth as God in human flesh. And we're going to look more just into a second, into this just uh, just a tad bit more because it's very important. All of us get this. Jesus didn't come, like you were saying, Ross, just to be a good teacher. You go, that's nice. Hmm, that, that makes sense. No, Jesus came to impact lives to a point where they become changed. And you can't help but be changed when you understand what he accomplished, right? And Jesus represented that as he walked, as he walked perfectly sinless. And we're going to see here that as the shepherds left glorifying and praising God because of what they had seen, in this baby Jesus. And as they begin to tell people, what they were demonstrating is that they were so overwhelmed by the promise and what it meant and what that meant for change and what that meant now as, as far as them as a nation, as individuals, and as, as a nation, is this. All of this good news is because of this little baby that we got to tell people about it, right? Imagine going around being excited about a little infant. It's the greatest news ever. This little baby infant, is, we saw it. And it's good news. But see, they understood what the baby would accomplish. Now, we know, or some of us know, that Jesus fulfilled a prophecy, right? Jesus fulfilled so many prophecies that he was the Savior that would take away the sins of the world. That in that forgiveness, now there was a new way to live which wasn't available to us before Jesus. Oh, hold on, hold on. I feel like you're not getting this. I'm going to read to you something. 
Now, as Jesus is old and beginning his ministry, let's look at Matthew 4.12. Okay, now it says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before, prophesied by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in what? Once again, the people who sat in, lived in darkness, had no other choice. This was their existence spiritually. Have seen what? And upon those who set in the region in shadow of death, light has what? You see, Jesus, look at me, this was prophesied that this is for all the world. Jesus went to a place, to the Gentiles. These people were outside the covenant of God. They were not God's people. There was no hope, right? All they had was darkness. All they knew was flesh. All they knew was their reality. All they knew was what what the world fed them and gave them. This was their reality, And to fulfill prophecy, Jesus started in this place, not full of his own people, but full of the ones that desperately needed news, good news of hope and change. You see, because he went to darkness. He didn't go to light and bring light. He went to darkness, right? And when light comes, it changes everything, right? Right? But think about that, guys. <laughs> think about it. If our, your power goes out for like 15 minutes. We're like, we're freaking out, right? Where are my lights? Where's my Wi-Fi? I'm dying, <laughs> right? Panic, call Excel. What's going on? <laughs> and then the light has come back on. Oh, cool, everything's good. I can get back to what I was doing. But imagine being in a perpetual state of no energy, no light, no nothing, and all of a sudden, boom, all this stuff becomes available. Where's this been all my life? It's the kind of impact that the message Jesus would bring to the Gentiles, some of them would have. All of a sudden now, they were being told that forgiveness was theirs that they can have a relationship with God the Father, their creator, and they can live differently and walk differently in a way that brings life, which was not available before. Because look what Jesus says, Matthew 4, 17. From that time, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say what? Oh, that's a fun word. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Who hears the word repent and are like, oh, that's a happy word, right? I think kind of has a negative connotation to it at some level, a heavy connotation to it at some level, right? Repent, repent, or be banished. Repent from your ways. Repent, you're a mess. You're a train wreck. Get it together, Repent. I shall not be your friend anymore. I mean, it's like, I, like, I could go on and on with that. Just, in my mind, that's what repent sounds like. This feels heavy and burdensome, right? Well, the reason Jesus is saying this, first of all, repent is this. This is what it means. 
It means to think differently. It means reconsider. It means to change one's mind. It involves a turning. That's actually kind of good news. For Jesus to say, have a change of mind, and to turn means what wasn't available before now is available. You didn't have a change of mind available. Now you do. You thought this was the only way to live. Now I'm here to change your mind and say there's a different way, right? You don't have anything to turn to if there's not a new path, right? So Jesus was saying, just like the shepherds, here I am. And because I am here, you now have the option and ability to repent and to change and to turn and walk differently. This is the message of Jesus. He couldn't offer that if he wasn't the one who paid the price for sin so that we could be forgiven. Without the forgiveness, there is no opportunity to walk differently. The only way to have the option of repentance is because Jesus died on the cross, right? And then when we become cleansed by the blood of Jesus and because he rose from the dead and we believe in that, we, are, we receive the Holy Spirit that says, all right, not only turn, but I'm going to point you in that direction and we're going to start walking this way. And I'm going to lead you in the ways of righteousness. I'm going to lead you by the ways that God has given us through his word. Why? Because he's mean and like burdensome and want your life to be miserable. For life. You see, Jesus, I would say nowadays, wouldn't you, some of you agree, we've kind of lost that message of Jesus. It's like Jesus is kind of like elf on the shelf, but Jesus put Jesus on the shelf. You like him, you believe him, you believe the stories, but it has no impact on you. You just put him up here, right? But then when something bad happens, you're like, okay, Jesus, I need you now, okay? Can you help me and fix this? And then like, put him back on the shelf, and we just continue walking in the direction we were always walking. And Jesus said, like, no, you have the option of not doing that anymore. You can continue to do that, but it's death, It's death to your soul. There's no life in that. But because I came and have saved you, and because you have repented and believed in me for the forgiveness of sins, now you can walk differently, and it's the best way to walk, right? But the world right now wants you to think you can have Jesus and still keep doing everything you want to do, right? You can have the best of both worlds. But when you really understand who Jesus was, he came to save us from that option, (laughs) We're ruining the good news, right? The strongest words Jesus said were, repent. That's like good news. But who would say the world is giving us a different message? Watch, John 8, this is what Jesus said. Jesus spoke to him again saying, I am what? He who what? (laughs) This is good. Wait, what, wait, this is so good. I want you all to read, he who what? Following. And I think everyone knows what like, like following is, right? Like, I know, it, all right, I don't mean to do it. Some people are really bad followers. <laughs> don't you hate when you say, hey, follow me here, and they're like driving five miles underneath, under the speed limit, and you're just like, 
now you've got to pull over and wait for them to catch up. Or, you know, it's like you're not following. No, I'm not yelling at you. But it's like this, you're not, follow. <laughs> or even if we're walking in the mall, I'm like 100 yards ahead. And she's all. <laughs> and she's like, you walk so fast. I'm like, no, you walk incredibly slow. Okay, that's a tangent. But following, right, means following. Try to keep in step. Right? So Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world. I'm going to lead you in the ways of life. Okay? He meant following. There was not that option before. So he says, he who follows me shall not walk in what? But have the light of life, which is the greatest gift of all. So as we meet Jesus, we have to understand there's a change that happens. There's a turning that happens. And it's not heavy or burdensome when you really understand what life would be like without Jesus. When you understand what your eternity means without Jesus, there's joy, right? And some of us so easily can be like, I believe in Jesus. Hey, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. You really appreciate it. I'm going to put you here. But I'm just going to keep kind of doing what I'm doing because that's all I know, and it feels pretty good. But thank you for that whole dying on the cross thing. No. When we get it, we get it, right? There's a desire because God has put that desire in us, saying you don't have to walk in death anymore because the world is promising you a lie. A lie. The world is creating deceit, is speaking messages to all of us and to our younger generation that removes the good news of Jesus and says the best news you have is that you can be you and do whatever you want. Why did he come? Right? Watch this. Second Corinthians 5.14. For the love of Christ compels us, right? Not the anger and the meanness and the snootiness of Jesus, no. For the love of Christ, what? Compels us, it moves us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died, meaning we accept that because he died for us, we say, Lord, I submit my life to you to live now because of what you did. He says this, and he died for all. Now, that those who live should live, watch this, no longer for who? But for who died for them and rose again. Do you see the repentance? Do you see the turning? Do you see what's available? We go from ourselves to him. Ourselves to him, right? That's the good news. Do we perfect it? We'll be perfect when we enter his kingdom. Does it mean we don't follow his conviction and know that when there's conviction of sin that we say, all right, Lord, thank you for conviction. I want to grow and be transformed because that conviction means that's death. But the world would say, don't worry about the conviction part. Right? Jesus is love. That's all you need to worry about. Well, but it says, keep living for yourself. Keep living for yourself. No. You don't have to anymore. <laughs> That's actually, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish I could get away from myself. I think some of you right now out there are struggling, saying, man, this is good news, but you know, I just, I can't get over myself. 
The Bible promises that in him, through his spirit, you can. It doesn't happen like this. But as you are determined to follow and know that the new way has been opened up, you keep trying because you believe and you believe, right? And you believe and you believe that the good news of Jesus means I don't have to live like the rest of the world does. That's good news. Who would say with every bad decision, every sin, every choice that is involved uh, morally, sin, whatever it is, that there's always people there to say, good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Don't let the talk of the world keep you going in darkness. Right? We need to be around people that say, "Uh uh-uh, you are transformed. Uh Uh-uh, that is not who you are. Why? Because the Bible says you're not. Keep moving. Keep believing what Jesus said. And you will overcome. And he will lead you. And he will help you. Because he came so you don't have to live like that. This is huge. And he goes one further. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in who? Meaning I believe in Jesus and that he is the savior of the world. He is what? You have to be. (laughs) Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? It's like, he's like, you couldn't do it by yourself, so I place my spirit within you. You are born again. Now within you, whether you know it or not, is a spirit that craves God's righteousness and holiness. He's given you a new heart. He's given you a new mind. He has given you new desires, and they will always line up with Scripture, and as hard as it might seem, I'm telling you all, when you give God a chance and say, "Uh uh-uh, the good news is I don't have to, you're going to experience life that you've never experienced before, I promise you. you're a new creation you're a new creation who says man I got a lot of old things that really haven't passed away (laughs) the truth is they have but we're learning how to not give them a stronghold over our lives And some of you just needed to hear that. Maybe some of you are in a process right now and you're struggling. It's kind of like you have two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back, right? The good news is Jesus said, keep your mind changed. Keep moving. You're going to have victory. There's newness of life. There's newness of life. Repent. Change your mind. Repent. Don't believe what the media is telling you. Don't believe what teachers at school are telling you. Don't believe what they're teaching. Don't believe this. Don't believe everything that you're seeing. The world is going to hell in the handbasket. But Jesus came to save everyone. But not everyone will choose him, right? But for those who receive him, man, there's a promise of life. And the hope is that we become light to point people to Jesus by how we follow. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.